Welcome to the Life Point Louisville podcast. We hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Sean McGill. For more information about this podcast and for other resources, visit lifepointlou.org. All right, let me read today's text and then we'll jump in there. Acts 19, kind of a theme verse for the series. And it happened that while Apollos was at Corinth, Paul passed through inland country and came to Ephesus. This is Acts 19, verse number one. And he found some disciples, some people that have already placed their faith in Jesus. And he said to them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? And they said, we haven't even heard there was a Holy Spirit. And he said, well, what spirit were you baptized into? They said, into John's baptism. And Paul said, John baptized with the baptism of repentance, telling people to believe on the one that was to come after him, that is Jesus. On hearing this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus, baptized in water. See the progression here. Believers place their faith into Jesus, baptized then, not only from a place of repentance, but now baptized in water. And then Paul laid his hands on them. And now they were baptized with the Holy Spirit as it came upon them. They began speaking in tongues and prophesying. There was about 12 men in all. Father, I pray for today. I pray that our church would receive the word today, that it wouldn't just be my words, but my words would be empowered by the Holy Spirit. And God, I pray today that uh, the word of God would be living and active, sharper than any double-edged sword that would pierce, pierce right to the core of who we are. In Jesus' name we pray. And the church said, amen. Amen. Hey, two quick announcements before we uh, go forward. The first one is this. I want you to be praying about December 12th. December 12th, so we're about how many weeks is that? Four weeks away will be our Vision Builders offering. And so this is a time of year where once, uh, once a year as a church, we will come around bringing our best gift to the house where we just say, hey, we're gonna put our heart in the house of God and we take up a one-time offering above and beyond the tithe just to show God, hey, our heart is in the house. Let me give you just a definition. If I were to kind of just put into you know, words what Vision Builders does. Vision Builders provides an opportunity for our church to give together beyond the tithe through sacrificial generosity. That's what Vision Builders is. It's sacrificial generosity with the simple heart to build the house of God and accelerate the vision of the church. I really believe that the vision of this church okay, moves at the speed of generosity. And if you've been around LifePoint for very long, we started in January, and this is how many times I've taught on giving. Zero, okay? Because I never wanted you guys to feel like uh, it was something we were twisting your arm to do and you know, wanted something from you, but really we wanted you to come in, experience the house of God. But as your pastor, uh, I would do a disservice to you uh, if I didn't move forward eventually on helping you understand what generosity biblically really means. And so we'll kind of take two weeks. Uh, on December 5th, I'll talk to you about generosity and, and tithing and biblical giving. And then we'll come around on the 12th uh, and we'll bring our best to the house of God. And I think it's going to be a great time. And here's the theme this year. If we uh, uh, we're all, if I were, I were saying, this is what I want us all to focus on. The theme this year is with all my heart. When it comes to our vision builders offering, this is what I believe that our church with all our heart would just engage in this offering. It comes out of two passages of scripture that the Lord gave me a couple weeks ago. And it's in first Chronicles 29 verses three and nine. And, and this is, this is speaking of the people that were helping David build the house of God. And it says with all my heart, I want to build the temple of God. I want the temple of God to be built with all my heart. And so our theme this year with all my heart is from that standpoint. 
that if you attend our church, you're a member of the church, okay, that your cry this, this time of year as we engage in this offering would just be, you know what, God, with all my heart, I want, I want your house to be built. We're building a house brick by brick, stone by stone, and you guys are a part of that, whether you realize it or not. And the vision does move at the speed of generosity. And then the next part here tells about how they gave, and it says they gave with their whole heart. So they started and said, hey, I want to give with all my heart, and then they gave, and this is what the Bible says about it. They gave with their whole heart, everything that had been given to them from the Lord. They had given everything to the Lord and said, we're not asking you to give everything, okay? I'm just asking that you would ask God, God, what is it you would have me to give as I put my heart into the house of God? And so, listen, you're not a member, you know, if, if, if all of a sudden you don't participate in it, okay? This is not something we just want from you. This is, this is something that we really do want for you. I think, I think sacrificial giving unlocks something in your life, and I want you to be able to experience that, but it's also the way that this church will be accelerated. And so I'll talk more about the vision of the house in the coming weeks, but that's that. And so let's get on to today's uh, week number two, I guess of Awaken. And today I want to talk about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I want to talk about being filled with the Holy Spirit. You know, the Bible, um, and let me just give you two important things before I dig in today. Um, when it comes to the baptism of the Holy Spirit or being filled with the Holy Spirit, num- number one is this. The baptism of the Holy Spirit isn't just a Pentecostal thing, okay, or a charismatic thing. Um, and, and, and many have asked us, you know, hey, what type of church are you? Are you a Pentecostal church? Are you a charismatic church? you know, are you spirit-filled church? You know, here's the thing. I don't really like the labels because the labels have come with a lot of baggage because there's been a lot of bad doctrine. There's been a lot of bad teaching. Uh, the Holy Spirit isn't weird, but people have made the Holy Spirit weird. I mean, has anybody ever, you know, seen that? You got on a YouTube video and somebody took a five-second clip and they showed you something. They're like, I would never do that, right? And so we build this whole theology in our head of what the Holy Spirit is when it really is not that because somebody did something weird with the Holy Spirit. Or maybe it wasn't weird, it's just been weird to us because we've never experienced it. And what happens is people criticize what they don't understand. People criticize what they've never experienced. People criticize what they've never, you know, walked through. And so I don't want to be critical as a church. I I just want to see what God's Word has to say about it. And then I want us to go into there. Um, But this word, the baptism of the Holy Spirit, it's described many ways in Scripture. In fact, if you're taking notes, I want to encourage you to take notes today. Today's probably going to feel more like a classroom lecture than maybe a sermon because I've just got a lot for you, okay? And I want to make sure that you really have good theology when it comes to this very important topic of being filled with the Holy Spirit. There's many ways the baptism of the Holy Spirit is described in Scripture It's described, number one, the Bible says being baptized with the Spirit. A second term we see in the New Testament is the Holy Spirit coming on us. The third term, that he'll pour out his Spirit. Fourth, being filled with the Holy Spirit. Fifth, the Spirit fell upon us, okay, or they received the Holy Spirit. So many different ways the Bible describes the same experience of being baptized, filled with the Holy Spirit, where the Holy Spirit just isn't with us and in us, but it's really upon us, okay? And so that's the basis of what I want to talk about today. So if you're like, hey, I don't really know where the phrase baptism of the Holy Spirit is. I see that it fell on him. Well, it's, it's all throughout Scripture. It's just listed in many different ways. And so just a framework that I want to teach from today. 
But let me just really give you a working definition today of what the baptism of the Holy Spirit is. It's this, it's really a second work of the Spirit where the Holy Spirit comes upon you, upon you, where he's not just in you, but he's upon you. And you're like, what does that mean? I'll talk to you a little bit about that today. But he clothes you and fills you with power and his presence, okay? A second work of the Spirit where the Holy Spirit comes upon you, clothes you and fills you with power. And so that's what we want to talk about. I think if I were to describe it this way, it would be this, that at salvation, the Holy Spirit lives in you, okay? When you put your faith in Jesus, the Holy Spirit lives in you. But spirit baptism, the baptism of the Holy Spirit is when he comes upon you. And here's the thing about today's teaching, okay? A lot of us have gotten our, and many of you guys, and here's what I want to encourage you not to do, okay? Some of you guys, because of um, some experiences you've had, maybe some of what you've been taught by people that this hasn't been revealed to, or people that really haven't opened up their heart to the baptism of the Holy Spirit, or this third person of the Trinity, the Holy Spirit, that is not an it, okay? It is a person. If, if, if you haven't, if you missed week number one, go back and listen to our podcast from two weeks ago. The Holy Spirit is a person. But, but here's what I don't want you to do. I don't want you to go home, leave here, hear this teaching, and your response to the word is to Google it, YouTube it, try to find what somebody else has to say about it. But I really want you to go home and dig these scriptures, okay? Because there are a lot of couch potatoes, okay, that don't go to church, have never given to the church, never put their life in the church, are not serving, are not making a difference, are not planted in the house of God. They're just honestly wannabes out with an agenda to troll people, okay, that put some YouTube videos out, that put out their little blog, and they don't have enough, they've never prayed about it, they've never opened God's word about it, they just had an understanding with their own mind and said, this is what it must mean. So I don't mean to be hard, but I'm just saying, we got to stop going to Google for our theology. We got to stop going to YouTube or Facebook video and said, that person said it and that's fact. The Bible is fact. This is the highest word, okay? I don't even want you to take my word for it today. I want you to take the word of God at the word of God. All right, I'm sorry. I told you I was teaching today. Because here's the truth. Romans 10, 17 says, faith comes by hearing. Yes, you need a preacher to tell you. You need somebody, okay, with the Spirit of God on them to, to communicate this. But hearing should be by the Word of God. Yeah, yeah. And so today, we just want to open up the Word of God. And so I want to talk to you about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I want to show it to you in Scripture. Hebrews chapter 6 talks about the doctrine of baptisms. And all throughout Scripture, we see several baptisms that, that the life of a believer can experience. And so I want to break those three down for you today, but I want to show you the three baptisms that you see in Scripture. The first is this. You see the Holy Spirit baptizing us in Jesus, okay? The Holy Spirit baptizes us in Jesus. The second one is this. It's water baptism. It's the baptism that most of us are all familiar with. And then number three is Jesus baptizes us in the Holy Spirit. And so three baptisms. The Holy Spirit baptizes us in to Jesus, water baptism, and then Jesus baptizes us in the Holy Spirit. Three different occasions that you see all throughout Scripture that I want to show you how not only Jesus and the disciples, but you and I too, need to experience all three of these baptisms in our life. 
So number one, let's jump in. The baptism, okay, or the Holy Spirit baptizing us in Jesus. 1 Corinthians 12 verse 13 says this, some of us are Jews and some are Gentiles and some are slaves and some are free. The gospel's for everyone. It's not just for the Jews and the Gentiles. It's for the lost, okay? It's for the broken. It's for everyone. It says, no matter who you are, we have all been baptized, okay, into one body, or the body of what? The church is the body of Christ. We've all been baptized into one body by one spirit. And so the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, baptizes us into the body of Christ. And we all share the same Spirit. And so I want you to see the first baptism that we all experience, whether or not you've described it this way or not, or heard it described this way, is salvation. It is where the Holy Spirit baptizes us into Jesus. So you have to know it's the Holy Spirit that really is the agent of salvation. It's the the Holy Spirit that seals our salvation, that draws us to the Lord. The Holy Spirit, remember, is not an it, okay? But it is a person that even before we give our lives to Christ is with us. He's not in us, but he's with us. It's not until we give our lives to Christ that the Holy Spirit comes in us. It's why for many of you, when you gave your life to Christ for the very first time, you felt something, right? You were in a room and you thought, man, there's just this feeling today in the room. I feel like something's tugging at me. I feel like something's pulling me. I feel like, you know, there's just this experience, this thing in me that that longs for more. It's the Holy Spirit that is convicting us and leading us and drawing us into Jesus. Why? Because he wants to baptize you, okay, into the family of Jesus, into Christ. And so he's with you, okay, before salvation, but he's in you at salvation. And this is, if you've never placed your faith in Jesus, let me tell you, it's the first thing that every believer, okay, or every person that comes to Christ needs to do, that you'd say yes to him, that you'd make him your Lord and Savior, And the Holy Spirit baptizes you into Christ. And anyone that is in Christ, 2 Corinthians 5.17 says this, is a new creation. See, Jesus doesn't just want the old you, you know, to, to go on after you put your faith in him. He wants to give you a new you, a fully alive you. John 10 and 10 says that the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus came to give you life, salvation, and life abundantly. See, Jesus has a new life for you. When you place your faith in him, you have a new life. You are a new creation. It says the old is passed away. Your sins are forgotten. As far as the east is from the west, your old man is passed away and a new man has come. Behold, you come new. And so the first baptism is the Holy Spirit baptizes us into Jesus. After we place our faith in Jesus, a natural next step that we see all throughout Scripture is that after people have placed their faith in Jesus, okay, you have to get that, after they've given their life to Jesus, then they're water baptized. Water baptism. Isn't it true that Jesus says in Matthew 28, 19, therefore go, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, 
and the Holy Spirit, okay? We see this all throughout Scripture. We see in the book of Acts where, you know, they, they, we read it in Acts 19. As they stumbled upon some believers, what baptism did you experience? Well, we received John's, this baptism of repentance. What is giving our life to Christ? It's repenting of our sins, saying, God, I need you. I'm a sinner. Forgive me. We repent. We put our faith in Jesus Christ, and then we're water baptized. What's the next step? Then he baptized them. And so even in Acts 19, we see this progression, repentance, baptism in water. What is baptism? Well, it's just a public declaration of a new association. It's saying, hey, the old has gone, the new has come, and I identify with everyone around me that my life is not my own anymore, but it is Christ. Matthew 16 or Mark 16, 16, somewhere in the Bible, those that believeth and are baptized shall be saved, right? There, there is an act of every believer, okay? Baptism doesn't save you, but it is an act of obedience that we need to experience where we say, okay, God, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go all in with water baptism. If you've placed your faith in Jesus and you have not been water baptized, I want to encourage you. It's like the wedding band of Christianity to get water baptized, to identify, to make a public declaration of this new association that you have in Christ. You might think, well, I was already baptized, right? I was baptized as a kid. I had this moment at youth camp. I was 12 years old. We were at the beach. Everybody was getting baptized. I thought, you know what? I should get baptized too because all my friends were doing it. Or maybe you were baptized as a baby, right? Your parents like brought you to church. They baptized you. Somebody sprinkled some water on you. One of the things you have to know about sprinkling, the word baptism actually means to immerse so if you weren't immersed, I would say you actually weren't baptized the, the, the scriptural way, okay? But that's for another sermon. But baptism, okay, is something that you should do after salvation. So if you were sprinkled as a baby, you were baptized as a baby, you, you gave, you know, the, into this moment that was beautiful at the beach and got baptized as a 12-year-old, before you placed your faith in Jesus, I would say you just got wet. Because baptism is after you place your faith in Jesus. So I want to encourage you, if you place your faith in Jesus and you haven't been water baptized, a great next step is to be water baptized. What are you doing? Well, you're just identifying with what the Bible would call the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Ephesians chapter 2 says this. It says, but because of his great love for us, God loved us so much, rich in mercy, Okay, made us alive in Christ. Who brings us freedom and life? It is Christ. God gave us his one and only son. He came down, died on a cross, okay, and then made us alive through the death on the cross when we put our faith in him. It says, even though we were all sinners, dead in our transgressions, but it is by grace that you have been saved, okay? It is not of your works. It's not anything that you can do or earn. No, Jesus paid it all, right? Heard the song, Jesus paid it all, all to him I owe, right? Jesus did it all. Jesus did it all for you. And it is by grace, not your works, that you're saved. It's placing your faith in Jesus and saying, you did it all for me. And by that, uh, I'm saved. And it says, and then God, uh, and God raised us up with Christ, okay? There's, there, there, there's a death of an old man, right? When you give your life to Jesus, what did we say? The old is passed away. Raised us up. Newness of life. Jesus died, didn't stay dead. Raised up again. 
okay? And God raised us up with Christ, seated us in him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. Baptism literally is us identifying with the death, burial, and resurrection, being buried. The Bible says we're buried with him in baptism, raised to newness of life. So you're baptized by the Holy Spirit into Jesus, then we're water baptized to declare publicly this new association and to identify with the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. Now, you have to understand this, though, about, and and let me just say this, even Jesus, by the way, he didn't need to be saved because he was the Savior, but he got baptized just to show us publicly. Let me show it to you, Matthew 3, verse 1 and 2. In those days, John the Baptist, he was a baptizer, not a Baptist, okay? That was a good, I thought it was funny. (laughs) He was preaching in the wilderness saying, repent, okay? The kingdom of heaven is near, repent, okay? And then what does it say in verse number 13, skipping down a little bit, Jesus came from Galilee to Jordan to what? Be baptized by him. So even Jesus was baptism. And so let me just give you this, the water baptism is a response to salvation. It is not the cause of salvation. There are some denominations or some doctrines that would say you have to be water baptized to be saved. Even the thief on the cross didn't have the opportunity to be water baptized, okay? I will say this, though. Baptism matters. It is an act of obedience to the Scripture. Do you have to get baptized to go to heaven? No. But why would you not want to follow everything in the Word of God? Why would you not want to identify publicly with everything this book has for you? Why would you not want to be buried with Him in baptism, raised to newness of life, okay? And so we're water baptized. And then the third is this, the third baptism is Jesus then baptizes us in the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit baptizes us into Jesus, water baptism, and then Jesus baptizes us in or with the Holy Spirit. When you see this in Matthew 3, 11, it says, I, I baptize you with water for repentance. This is John. And he's saying, but one is coming after me who is much more powerful than I am. He's the savior of the world. He's Jesus, whose sandals I'm not even worthy to carry. I mean, just I, I just imagine John in this moment, just as he's thinking about the savior of the world that is coming, and he's just shaking. He's like, man, God has called me to do this, but one is coming that's so much more so much better. You think this is all, but there's so much. And he's saying he will baptize you, but guess what? He, he being Jesus, what will Jesus baptize you with? The Holy Spirit and fire. And so, so the Holy Spirit is the one that draws us into Christ. We're water baptized, but then Jesus wants to baptize us with the Holy Spirit and with, with fire. John gave this testimony in John chapter 1, verse 32. It says, then John said this, the spirit, I saw it come down from heavens like a dove. Jesus is water baptized. And what you see the progression here. And then when he comes up, says, I saw the spirit come down. And guess what? Remained on him. I think that's so key. That's why last week when we, or two weeks ago, We talked about, I'm sending you an advocate, Paracletos, one that's going to come with you. He's going to be by your side, your very best friend, and he will never leave you. He'll never leave you. The Holy Spirit, your best friend, that will never leave you. 
And he came on Jesus and he remained on him. The spirit baptizing upon, remember, okay? He didn't need salvation, okay? Because he was salvation. He was the savior, but the Holy Spirit was with him the whole time. He's water baptized and then the spirit comes upon him, clothes him and remains on him. John, it goes down, the next verse says this, and I myself did not know him. The one who sent him, uh, uh, did not know him, but the one who sent me to baptize with water told me, the man on whom the spirit comes down on. So Jesus is baptized, the spirit comes down, remains on him. I want you to see, it is Jesus that wants to baptize us with the Holy Spirit. The one that the spirit comes down and remains on, he is the one that will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. And so you can see this isn't a denominational thing. This is all throughout scripture that there is three different baptisms that we all get to experience. And and here's the deal, Uh, that that, that, that phrase, when I talk about three different baptisms, it's just a way to, 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 to say or talk about what we're experiencing today, okay? You're not gonna find like, okay, here it is, Baptism number one, but you can see all three baptisms taking place in Scripture. And so uh, you might say this, um, you know, hey, they're, 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 they're the same, right? I mean, you know, the, the, I don't think, so yeah, I see Jesus, but I, I don't really see that in the life of the disciples. I don't really see these three baptisms in, in their case. Um, can, can you show me where that's at? I don't really see it for me, okay? Maybe that makes sense a little bit there. I want you to see this, John 14 uh, or John 4, is it John 4, 14, verse 17? It says, he is the Holy Spirit that leads us into all truth, okay? Jesus says, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the light. Who leads us to all truth? The Holy Spirit. The world cannot receive him because it isn't looking for him and doesn't recognize him and doesn't know him because he lives in you now and later will be in you. And so we can't recognize Jesus Okay, without the Holy Spirit drawing us to him. Next verse, I want you to see this. And Jesus is with the disciples, okay? They also, okay, already know him as their Lord. They have been with him, okay? They can't be saved, okay? Give, give their life to, 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 to Christ. The cross hasn't taken place yet, but they had already professed their, their faith in him. He said, come, follow me. They left everything, There was a repentance, a 180, saying, that's my old life. Here's my new life I'm walking in, okay? And and so so, so they're they're, they're with Jesus, and Jesus says, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And with that, he breathed on them, okay? And they received the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is now in them, okay? Okay? So they, they, they were with him, he breathed on them, and they received the Holy Spirit. So you might say, well, there it is. That's spirit baptism right there. There's, there's, that's, that's just kind of two things. Where, where, where is it all at? Again, you have to understand, before salvation, he's with you. At salvation, he lives in you. And then I want you to see what Jesus, so he breathed on him. Aren't you glad that isn't how you receive the Holy Spirit? And like, 
We don't blow in this church. <laughs> he breathed on him, and then guess what he did? He commissioned him. And many people know this, this as the last words of Jesus. It actually isn't, though. Okay, but he did, com- this was a final command, but it wasn't the final, final command, actually. We know it as the Great Commission. And he says, therefore, go. So he breathed on him, and he said, therefore, go now. Make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them everything I have commanded you, and surely I am with you always to the very end of the ages. And then I want you to see something really unique, because it's very easy to think, well, this, is, this was that. This is it then. Where's this whole clothing upon spirit baptism with the disciples? He tells them to go to the four corners. He tells them, hey, you're going to reach all nations. You're going to be my evangelists, okay? You're going to make sure that everyone hears the gospel. You're going to baptize, okay? You're going to preach. You're going to do all this stuff. And then I want you to see in the book of Luke, and then in the book of Acts, two commands that he gives after that. So he dies, he goes to a cross, Okay, he's raised up, and then he spends a little bit of time with his, with his believers, those that had followed after him, the ones that would start the church. And in Luke, listen to what he says. He says, and behold now, I'm sending you the promise. The promise of my Father, what? Upon you. And so here's what I want you to do, though. I know I told you to go, but I actually need you to stay. I need you to stay in the city until you're what? Clothed with power. Well, I thought they already had the Holy Spirit. Why did they need to be clothed with power, this other spirit? He breathed on them salvation in that moment, the Holy Spirit in them. And then he said, hey, I actually need you to experience another baptism, another baptism. Another um, step for the believer is I've got this mission for you, but you can't do it. You can't go until you stay. I want you to see it in Acts. He said on one occasion, they were eating with them and he gave them this command, do not leave Jerusalem, stay, stay and wait for what? The gift my father promised. What did the father promise? The gift of the Holy Spirit. He says, you've heard about it and you've spoke about it. For John baptized you with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Jesus, water baptized, spirit in him, with him, then upon him, comes down and remains on him. Disciples, okay, the same thing. And then baptized with the Holy Spirit. And so, This is the best way that I I, I can describe it. He looked at the disciples and he said this. He said, you can't go until you stay. You can't go until you stay. So I need you to go, but you can't until you stay. Because if you don't stay, you won't be able to accomplish my mission. What I've called you to do is too hard. It's too much. You cannot do it on your own. You cannot spread my message 
to the other parts of the earth without something else. You cannot live this Christian life without this. And he said, so I want you to go, but before you to go, I want you to stay. Stay in what? Well, stay in Luke again. Let's look at it, 24, until you're clothed with power. Clothed with power. It's what he has for every believer. And so they stayed. And in Acts chapter 2, the birth of the church happens. It says, when the day of Pentecost fully came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly, a sound like the blowing of a violent wind, a breath. Oh, we need a fresh wind. Breath blew into the place from heaven. Wasn't a charismatic breath or a Pentecostal breath. It was a heavenly breath. And it filled the whole house where they were sitting. It goes on to say, and they saw what seemed to be tongues as fire separated, came upon each of them. It rested on them. And all of them were filled. Don't go until you stay. Power's going to be clothed onto you. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit and they began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. We'll talk about speaking in tongues in week number four. Come back. It's not for today. Acts 1.8. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. So I need you to go But don't go until you stay, because if you stay, I'm going to give you everything you need to go. I'll give you power, power to be my witnesses. So the way this whole church will get established, he said, the way this whole thing will happen is if you stay, power will rest on you. And so Peter, first message of the church is given. 40% of it is Peter talking about the Holy Spirit. It's what Jesus spent his final times in uh, John 14, 15, and 16 talking about. It's the very last thing he told them before he went into heaven. Wait for it. You need it. It's coming for you. It's there for you. So Peter gets up. He gives the first sermon. He says, repent. Repent. Give your life to Christ. Baptize into Christ. The Holy Spirit needs to draw you to Christ and you need to repent. Holy Spirit convicts us. We repent. We place our faith in him. And it says, and be baptized. Water baptism. Each and every one of you do these things, please. (laughs) In the name of Jesus, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will, you receive a third baptism, the gift of the Holy Spirit. Here's here's where I think, as we look at these three baptisms, though, here's where I think the focus has gotten weird and why so many believers aren't experiencing this. Because we read Acts 1.8 and we read it this way. If you go to the next one for me here. 
you will receive power or you will receive tongues when the Holy Spirit comes on you. I think many charismatic circles and Pentecostal circles has made it about the wrong thing. This comes, yes, actually for everyone as the Spirit enables. All of you can have a prayer language. I'm just telling you, we'll talk about it. It's not weird. It's something for everyone. But it, it is not the point of it. I know a lot of Christians that speak in tongues but have no power. I know a lot of Christians that speak in tongues and go crazy and hang from chandeliers, but they're not changing the world. They're not witnessing. They're not making a difference. He said, I'm going to baptize you with the Holy Spirit, not to speak in tongues. Tongues is just a sign of the filling of the Holy Spirit in your life that will edify you, that will make a difference in you. But what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you power. You want to know the sign that you've been filled with the Holy Spirit? You have power. It was never a about just tongues. It was about power. It was the source and the significance, everything they needed to accomplish the mission. The Holy Spirit provided them with supernatural enablement to be Christ's witnesses. Not only that, next slide please, to be Christ's witnesses, to preach and teach with power, to do the works of Jesus, to advance the kingdom of God. The Holy Spirit is what enables us to do miracles and lay hands on the sick and to preach with boldness and to have a backbone against culture and all of that. And so here's the question of the day. And I know today's long. I'll do 35 minutes next week. I'm wrapping up in three minutes. Okay. The question of the day is this, in whose power are you living? Whose power are you living in? Whose power are you living in? There are too many Christians trying to live a supernatural life without supernatural empowerment. Too many Christians walking around trying to do things, living weak, lackluster, not a backbone kind of life because they've never said, Holy Spirit, empower me. Holy Spirit, enable me. It's the things that will cause you to go up to somebody, lay hands on the sick and say, in Jesus' name, recover. It is what makes the lame man walk. It is what opens blinded eyes. It's the power of Jesus on you, clothed on you, that allows you to walk in the supernatural. I want a church that walks in the supernatural, not to be weird. Again, it isn't a Pentecostal thing or a Bethel thing or anything like that. No, it should be a Christian thing that we're clothed in the power of God, able to do miracles, to see signs, wonders, stand up to somebody and say, yeah, I'm introverted, but the power of God has stiffen me up. I will invite. I will tell. I will go. I'll let the whole world know about Jesus. It's a power that you need to live a supernatural life. Let me give you what John Piper says. I know that's a 180. Might be thinking, you found John Piper saying something about the Holy Spirit? Yeah, I did actually. Go back to the other slide. There's one before that says we are trying to answer the question. Piper says this, we're trying to answer the question, what is at the heart or essence of being baptized with the Holy Spirit? I have said that I do not think the essence is new birth or conversion, as some might think. Well, I received everything that God had for me at conversion, new birth. He said, I, I actually do not think it's that. Or being united into the body of Christ, what is it then? 
I do not think it's the same as what Paul speaks about in, in Corinthians 12, 13. Let me show it to you again. Where we're baptized by one spirit as to form one body. I love this. Somebody just recognizing the Holy Spirit baptism is not the same as this experience that many churches has thought maybe maybe it is just because they've never opened themselves up to good theology or, or, or whatever, but, but, but there is a separate baptism. And so he goes on to say this. He says, I think the essence of being baptized with the Holy Spirit is when a person who is already a believer already place their faith in Christ, already identify with him, receives extraordinary supernatural power for what? Christ-exalting ministry. Not for themselves, not to draw attention to them, but no, Christ power to do great things. And I would say John Piper's right. Pretty solid. And so for many Christians, here's what we've experienced. Here's our life. Empty without Jesus. Far from God. I need you, God. I love you. I repent. Holy Spirit. As much as you can contain. Filled up. Filled up. You got everything you need. You're going to heaven. I came to give you life. Go to heaven. But then he said this. He said, I don't want you just to have life. I want you to have life abundantly. I want you to be clothed in power. Overflowed all around you. It's not just in you, it's with you, it's upon you, it's all around you. This is what your life can look like as a follower of Jesus Christ, overflowing with the goodness of God. And so, you know you're filled with the Holy Spirit when you're overflowing. And so Ephesians 5.18, I end on this. Don't get drunk on wine. That leads to some messed up stuff. Instead... Be filled. Be filled. Be immersed with the Holy Spirit. This be filled is a, is a continual thing, by the way. It's not a one-time thing. It actually gives this, this verb that's saying be, be continually filled. If you've been filled with the Holy Spirit already, you've received that spirit baptism, I want to challenge you today. We need a fresh wind. A fresh wind will have you go from a spectator to a participator. A fresh wind will cause you to stop being out on the river all on your own, feeling like you need to get to the other side, but you got some oars and the wind is fighting against you. A fresh wind will pull up a sail in your life, put out a breath on you and cause you to sweep across it. Your life as a Christian, it'll have a little bit of a, a more ease to it. That doesn't mean it won't be hard. No, Christ will just be with you. He'll be upon you. He'll be in you. He'll push you to the other side. And so how do you receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit? Well, you receive it by asking for it. Luke 11, we read it two weeks ago. Your father loves to give you good gifts. And he said, which of you that says, what is it? Ask for like a, a snake's gonna get a scorpion, you know, or all these things that goes on. 
He says, how much more does your father want to give you the Holy Spirit for those that ask? So God wants to give you, Jesus wants to baptize you in the Holy Spirit. And you just need to ask. And then you receive it by faith. And then you live a life of continually being filled. How do you know if you've received the Holy Spirit, been baptized with it? There's power in your life. You got a backbone. And I would say, if you don't feel like you have power, keep being filled. Keep being filled. Because maybe you've just been doing this. Just, just be filled again. Just keep being filled. And so would you stand all across this room? If today you would say, you know what? I, I, I didn't know there was a Holy Spirit. You're not alone. Acts 19, same thing happened. They didn't know there was a Holy Spirit. Today, I just would encourage you, if you've never given your life to Christ, today's a good day to repent. Give your life to Christ. You've never been water baptized. Go let our connection team know. We'll fill up the pool. We'll water baptize you. And if you've never received a supernatural empowerment for supernatural living that comes from the baptism of the Holy Spirit, I want to just encourage you today to hold out your arms and to just say, Jesus, baptize me with the Holy Spirit. I encourage every Christian in the room today, every believer, to hold out their arms and say, fill me afresh. May I be filled continually with the Holy Spirit. May you give me power this week because my power last week, I kind of drunk a bunch of it. I'm a little empty. I need a filling again. Give me power again, Heavenly Father. And so would you bow your heads all across this room. Father, I thank you so much for your word. I thank you that it's living and active. And Father, I just pray in Jesus' name that the Holy Spirit would fall. May our church receive the Holy Spirit. May you clothe it with power today. And Father, I pray for every person that's never placed their faith in you. God, I pray right now that they would make a decision in their heart. You don't have to raise your hand right now. Okay. You don't have to like come to the front right now. If you've never allowed the Holy Spirit to baptize you into Christ, to be one with him, to receive salvation, just right now, just say, God, I repent of my sins. I come to you. I make you Lord of my life. I receive your grace over me. Wash my sins as far as the east is from the west. Let me walk out of here brand new today. If you do that, you can have confidence that those that call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And so for everyone right now, God, that's just being saved, I thank you for it. And now I ask that supernatural power flows from heaven, that you would baptize our church with the Holy Spirit. And God, we just seal it by singing just for a few minutes, God. We seal it right now and just say we need a fresh wind. Thanks for listening to the LifePoint Louisville podcast. If you would like to partner with us in spreading the good news of Jesus, you can give by visiting lifepointlou.org forward slash give or text LCLOU to 77977. Thanks so much. We hope you have an incredible week.